Hello, and welcome to Our Bodies, Our Voices podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Becca. We're two women in our 30s, and we interview individuals and experts on topics related to fertility, family building, career, exercising our voices, and more. Our guests today are Chelsea and Eric, two friends of mine who are expecting their first child in August. In this episode, we chat with Chelsea and Eric about their relationship, how they got comfortable with trying to have a child, and how they've dealt with pregnancy and COVID-19. We appreciate their candid thoughts on fears related to career and freedom after having a baby, and how they've started to shift their focus as they await the arrival of their child. They also provide insight into all the extra considerations involved in a pregnancy and planning for birth amid COVID, including a scare that led them to isolate separately for two weeks. To get started, we're going to have each of you introduce yourselves. Hi, um, I'm Chelsea Smith. I am 34 years old. We're living here in Oakland, California, and this is my husband, Eric. I'm Eric. I'm 36, and Chelsea and I met in Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Ohio. We moved out to the Bay Area about 10 years ago and lived in San Francisco uh, until just this past spring. Just just a couple months ago, we moved over to Oakland, and, uh, and we're expecting our first job. Tell us a little bit about your relationship. You were starting to speak a little bit about that, and we'd love to hear a little bit more about how you came together. Yeah, so I'm from LA originally, but I was living and working in Columbus, Ohio. One of my good friends, Joanna, which is you, was <laughs> um, started talking about online dating, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that. And and then I met Eric on OkCupid, and I remember I was really excited to to meet him. We we're writing to each other long essays, maybe every other night, talking about all kinds of things from like, we both lived in China for some time, talking about food education for children and talking about existentialism, all kinds of things. We finally met and yeah, once I met him, I was like, oh yeah, he's he's great. I think I just want to be with him. And so we uh, dated in Columbus, Ohio for about nine months. And then I got a job in San Francisco and during our first date, we both talked about how we both were interested in moving to either San Francisco or New York. So when I got that job in San Francisco, we decided that we would go there together. And we've been in the Bay Area for 10 years now, and it's been really great. I love that fun fact. I also met my husband on OkCupid, and <laughs> it's so fun meeting other couples where that happened because I know I have a lot of friends who really, really struggle with online dating, and I like to say, but there are some success stories. It's possible. Yes. Yeah, more than you realize when you when you start <laughs> talking to people. It's quite a few, actually. Eric, from your perspective, what stands out to you about your relationship? When Chelsea and I met right away, we really realized we shared a lot in common. Moving out to California was a big change for us, and it was early in our relationship, and I think it really brought us together. Over time, we've really, we feel like we've made the Bay Area home, and we've gotten to know so many great friends here. Although it can be challenging with housing costs and, and some of the challenges of the Bay Area, we, we think that it's a great place still to live, and in particular, I think we're really excited to raise our child here. I think that's a great place to start thinking about how you got to where you are now in expecting a child. Can you share with us a little bit of what was your journey towards working towards this current pregnancy? How did you think about starting to build a family and, and what did that look like for you to get here today? At some point, we talked about how we both wanted to have kids. 
And so we both knew this is what we wanted. I personally knew that it was something that I thought was really important. Some of the greatest things you could do was to be a parent and to bring a new life into the world and develop that child to grow up to be a wonderful person. So I really wanted to be able to do that. I think my biggest challenge was thinking about when to do that. I honestly really enjoyed my life, you know, with Eric, living in San Francisco, having so much fun with all of our friends, and not necessarily having the added responsibility of having a child. So I think that was definitely something that I had to grapple with was when do I finally do this thing that I know I want to do, but at the same time, I'm having so much fun without this. We got married in 2017, and I think we decided that we would maybe wait a year or two before we got serious about it. I think we kind of kept coming up with excuses to wait, like, oh, we really want to go on this trip to Japan. And if I'm going to Japan, I want to be able to eat sushi and drink sake. So we can't start having a kid then. We have to wait until after. Like, oh, I really want to go to this music festival. Like, uh, I can't be pregnant at a music festival, so we better wait until after that. So that was finally after a music festival. And we're like, okay, now we can start trying to have a kid. This is like convenient enough for us that we can try and try and do this. That was in May of last year that we started to get serious. Like, we're going to actually start trying to do this. We found out that we were pregnant in, in early December. So we were really excited. I would add we're in our mid-30s. I think for both of us, we were both really fortunate that we have great parents and we have great grandparents who took being a parent really seriously and it was a really big thing for them. And so we always wanted to have kids. I certainly always imagined what it'd be like to be a parent. But I think like a lot of millennials or a lot of young people, things in life occurred that made it, once this happens, then we'll have kids. So like Chelsea said, you know, there are things we enjoy doing or we wanted to do. I think career-wise, it was really important for us to get a good footing. I think the recession back in 2008, it left a big mark for me as a young adult starting out. You know, it, it felt like we had to get some foundation under us to be able to start a family. And I think it's kind of now come full circle where we're in a new era with, you know, COVID-19. And we couldn't have planned for this, but I think no matter what, we're going to get through this and it's going to be great. When you say the word foundation, what do you mean by that? I think financial, certainly. I guess also just feeling like an adult, like being in the place where our parents were when they had us. And I think maybe in hindsight, maybe they were also figuring things out, but you just, you kind of look to your parents, you're like, wow, you know, they did it. And you want to be able to feel like you're in that place too. Eric, I have a question for you. Given that you had moved here from Ohio, I'm curious how your perception may have changed from coming from a community where people maybe start families earlier to moving to a city like San Francisco where people wait a lot longer and how that may have adapted as you made the change. My mom was 23 when I was born. My dad was 25. Certainly in the Midwest in general, people start families lower earlier than maybe in, in other places. I think that Waiting a little longer to start a family has allowed us to experience more things in life. We've been really fortunate to be able to do all the things we have, and I'm hopeful that that's something we can pass on to our daughter. And for both of you, as you kind of got to that point of thinking about what is your foundation, what's comfortable, how did you think about other areas of your life? Did you think about whether 
you wanted to change careers or if your jobs were a big part of kind of having that security, did anything change as you approach this, like, what is our next phase and what does that look like from maybe career, where do you live, type of home even that you wanted as you start the nesting or, or building towards family process? Yeah, I think for me, similar to what Eric was saying about building a foundation and feeling like we're in a good spot before having a kid, I had really wanted to get a promotion in my job and my career before having a kid. So I was able to get that promotion in April of 2019. So May was a good time. I felt really good about moving forward and starting to work on bringing up this child. So that was good for me. I felt more confident in my career knowing that I had that promotion. And I was also thinking about, you know, like, I mean, I'm still thinking about how I'm going to manage my work-life balance in my career. Now I do tend to work long hours and I'm going to make sure that I have that balance so that I can have time to take care of and, and be with our, our daughter. So I'm definitely trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Chels, you mentioned back in May of last year after the music festival it felt like a good time to get started with a family. What are some of the things or steps that you took at that point when you started thinking about more seriously trying to conceive? Hmm. At that point, I had started taking prenatal vitamins because I knew that that was something important for the baby's development. I read just more about, you know, what could I do to improve our chances of conceiving? What could I do to try and be healthier? I definitely tried to not drink as much just in case if I was suddenly pregnant. What did you read or what were you finding in terms of resources to help you feel more prepared? I, I think I was I, I was looking online and I was also just Googling things like, you know, uh, which is probably not super, I don't know if that was the best source, but just going to Google, but also asking people who have conceived and had children before kind of what their recommendation was. I definitely have felt like I've got some great friends who have come before me with having children. And I feel so thankful that I could ask them. I'm still asking them questions all the time. Another thing that I had done a little bit before I felt actually ready to conceive a child, but I organized a little brunch with some friends of mine, including some, some people who had already had a kid and some who had it just so we could get together and talk about like the fact that we all wanted kids, but like what were our concerns and what were our questions and how can we get the answers? Because I was definitely like grappling with, okay, like I want to have a kid, but I'm nervous about all the responsibility and how much life changes after you have that kid and, and how can I start to feel more comfortable about this. Do you feel like your friends who already had children were really open and honest about the realities of what they were dealing with? I know personally when I've spoken to a lot of my friends who have children, they they gloss over a lot or they tend to not share necessarily the true reality or hardship that they're going through until someone else is going through similar things. And so it was sometimes hard for me to know like what to expect just from asking friends. And I'm curious what your experience was. Yeah, that's a good question. I felt like when I would talk to my friends about, you just had a kid, like, how is it? And it's like, wow, this is they would tell me this is so great, blah, blah, blah. I do think that, I think I was suspicious that they weren't telling me the whole truth. I think they were just trying to recruit me into also joining the parent club. 
And, and I, I think that is true. <laughs> they, I think they um, maybe glossed over some, some key details. But I, I think once I got pregnant, and it's kind of like, oh, you're pregnant now. Like, now I'm going to tell you all of the juicy details, describe all the tough moments and because, you know, can't because you're in it now. <laughs> so I've definitely found that to be, I think that's true. <laughs> you think that they waited until you were uh, in the club, so to speak? I, I think they didn't want me to be discouraged. I think that they didn't want to scare me away from doing this, from taking this journey into motherhood, which honestly, probably is for the best because I, I was really, you know, I was nervous about deciding to, to do it. And I feel like maybe, I mean, I guess I, I probably still would have done it, but it just would have made it even harder for me to decide to if I had known everything beforehand. I love your phrase of recruiting you into a club that resonates with me so much. I think I had something similar. It was like my friends shared later when I asked, why didn't you share this all with me? And they're like, because it's not all easy and it's already such a huge decision that we didn't want to scare you. But then when you share these things that happen or difficulties, I learned so many other stories. I think that's a really good insight that you had. And I'm glad that once you're there, you're getting better stories and things to set expectations as you move into this next phase. Yeah. Eric, I'm curious if you were having similar conversations with your friends or other men who you knew were dads or thinking about becoming dads. Yeah, I was. I, I remember Googling a couple of times, just trying to like look for some information on like how to start a family. Didn't really find much. I think it's kind of funny, like people have conceived all the time throughout America, throughout the world, throughout human history without a plan. But I felt like we needed a plan because we had waited so long and I couldn't find much information on the internet, but I, I was able to talk with some friends who had become parents in the last like year or two years. And they, I think they called me down a bit because I was kind of like, well, you know, like how long is it going to take? What if we can't? I just like, don't worry, you know, just go through the process. It'll, it's going to work out. And, uh, and they also assured me that like it, your entire world's going to change, but it's great and it's worth it. Have there been any aspects of the process that have been unexpected? Besides COVID-19. <laughs> yes, that's a big <laughs> unexpected uh, event that's impacted everyone. But outside of that, uh, for a moment, were there any other things, a part of your journey that have been unexpected for you? Huh. I think that getting pregnant was unexpected. It was a surprise. Yeah, that's true. I think that I was just so shocked that it actually happened because because I know that it can be so hard to get pregnant. And I just couldn't believe that I had this little stick telling me that I was pregnant and I just couldn't hardly believe that it was true. It's just like so weird that all of a sudden your body has a has a baby growing inside of it. I think a lot of it has been kind of surprising. I guess it's not really unexpected in like general terms of what happens in a pregnancy, but it's just kind of was exciting for us because it's our first time and it was just hard to believe sometimes that this is happening. Yeah, I think I'm still having unexpected moments. Like every time I look at Chelsea and see the belly, that's unexpected. It's just, that's amazing. And then I think recently I've been able to feel the baby kick and move and that's, that's just crazy weird and awesome. So that's been unexpected too. What stage were you at in your pregnancy when you learned about COVID-19? When I learned about it, I guess just generally about what COVID-19 was, 
it wasn't a threat here. It didn't seem like a threat here. That was my first trimester. And then when it hit as like, oh, there's community spread here. You know, we need to think about this. I was probably maybe 16 weeks or something like that. And I was in my second trimester kind of early on. And I, I hadn't been too long ago that I had told my coworkers that I was pregnant. And I was really scared. Eric, what were your thoughts or reactions of this new reality of COVID and having a child on the way? You know, I think I'm still thinking about it and still trying to process it. It definitely snuck up on us. We weren't thinking about that even when we started to see news reports. Until the Bay Area went into shelter-in-place orders in early March, then I think it became really real. Fortunately, we've both been able to work from home, which has been great because I think it's it's easier for Chelsea not having to commute every day. We feel safer. It's a peace of mind knowing that if we can protect her and stay safe, that's good. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're just going to try to continue to, to be safe and be healthy and figure it out as we go. How has COVID-19 changed your prenatal care, if at all? My prenatal care, we're trying to do virtual appointments as much as possible. So I've had two virtual appointments over the phone with my doctor instead of coming into the office. But I I am going into the medical facility for my 20-week ultrasound. I'm going to have to go at the end of the month in a couple of weeks to get my glucose testing and also have an appointment with my doctor. So I guess it's my first time going through prenatal care. So it's hard for me to know exactly how different it is, but I, I know that it's different in that I'm, I'm not getting the same like in-person experiences. And I imagine the two appointments I've had over the phone would have been appointments where I probably would have been able to have a little ultrasound and see the baby. And so I definitely miss that. But at the same time, I don't know any better. And I'm just thankful to be safe and I appreciate the flexibility to be able to do as many appointments as we can from home. And I, I just really hope that, you know, everything continues to be okay and that we're not missing some vital part of care because of that. When you have gone in person, what is that experience like? Are you wearing a mask? Is the doctor in a mask? Are there special protocols you have to follow? Yes. When, when I went in for my ultrasound, I was wearing a mask and when I got to the counter to check in, I had to stand at a tape that was six feet away from the counter. It felt very strange to be in this medical facility where you can't come in unless you're wearing a mask and you have to stand apart and everything. I was nervous, but I, I felt safe, which I was thankful for. And the ultrasound technician, she was wearing a mask too. So it was, it was good. How has it changed how you as a partner are thinking about how you'll support Chelsea through the pregnancy and birth, if at all, Eric? I want to stay safe and not catch the virus so that I can keep her safe. I'm usually the one that if we go out to go to the grocery store or go to the market, corner store, something like that, I'll usually go in and just try to be really, really careful with personal protection and hand sanitizer and so forth. Looking forward, you know, we're both hopeful that our employers will allow us to continue to work from home until things seem safer. And so I'm actually looking forward to that because I'll be able to be here with her through this process. We get to spend a lot more time together, which, you know, we're, we're in the third trimester now. So I want to really enjoy every day in this process. So I think that if we can just, you know, try to support each other and look forward to the future, I think 
that's what I'm thinking about right now. Earlier in the pregnancy, I know that you weren't feeling well, Eric, and there was a period of time where you both were physically separated because of some concerns. Can you walk us through and describe what happened and what thoughts you were having and how that may have impacted how you thought about what protocols you're taking now? Sure. That was back mid-March. We had been sheltering in place for 13 days. And knowing that with COVID-19, you have about 14 days window where you could still have it. We're, we're kind of counting down the days to get to that 14-day mark. And on the eve of the 14th day, I started running a fever at night and started feeling really achy. And that was pretty scary for both of us. Mm-hmm. So that night, I, I quarantined myself in the bedroom and Chelsea slept on the couch. And then the next morning, she packed up and she moved. Unfortunately, our friends were out of town and they let her stay at their house. I was sick and talking with my doctor, it seems it was a viral infection, but may not have been COVID-19. Not all the symptoms were the same. It's strange. We don't know how I I got sick if we had been sheltering, but that was definitely a scary time. I think we were apart for almost nine or 10 days. I'm just glad that Chelsea was able to not catch whatever I had and I'm feeling much better. And so I think we're both really feeling fortunate. Both of you have talked a little bit about how certain aspects of your identity, whether that be spending time with friends, traveling, focusing on your career, have really shaped the way that you think about your life up until this point. I'd love for you to speak a little bit about how you think your identity is going to shift after the point that the baby comes. I think that I will go from, I guess, you know, being someone who thinks about her her career as something that really identifies her and all the fun things she does with her friends as something that identifies her to than being a mom. So I, I really I look forward to it. I think it'll be really great to see how my perspective and my priorities shift. Because right now I'm having trouble figuring out how do I fit this baby into my life. So I'm interested to see how all of a sudden it seems the baby will be this thing that I'll be completely obsessed about and will totally prioritize. And so I, I look forward to seeing like what, what does that feel like? And I just hope that, of course, I just have to figure out how do I make room for all these things in my life from, you know, like my relationship with Eric, our baby, work, my friends, and all the fun things that we like to do. Like, how can we try and get it all, make it all fit into the small amount of time that we have? (laughs) I really look forward to introducing our daughter to all the fun things that we like to do with, with friends. Like, we really love camping or hiking. That's one of the great things about the Bay Area is we have so many great outdoor things that we can do. And like, I really look forward to doing that with our daughter and with our friends together. So I think, I think it's an opportunity. I wonder how this period of having to slow down and stay home because of COVID may have potentially lessened some of that anxiety of how do you fit everything in? How do you yeah. make sure you can bring a child into your prior life, given that it sounds like you'll be expecting during a time that we're still not exactly sure what our day-to-day might look like, but it'll likely be still a bit slower, you'll likely be working from home more so than before. I think certainly one thing a lot of people are probably experiencing with this is that we're cooking a lot more at home. And obviously, like for Chelsea and the baby's health, eating well is really important. Since we're not commuting for work, we can put more of our time and energy into cooking something really good for them. So I think it's allowed us to focus on some of the essential things for this period. 
One of the things that a lot of people have been talking about is how ritual has been affected by COVID-19. And there are certainly a lot of rituals that are part of the child rearing and the birth and the pregnancy experience. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about what are some of the moments of celebration, ritual that you're looking forward to, and maybe how have those plans shifted from the more conventional types of celebration where people are together to other ways of celebrating this time in your life? It would have been really nice to have a traditional baby shower where people can get together. It would have been nice to have our, our parents out. Our parents really haven't seen the baby bump. I know, but my parents would love to come up and help get the nursery together. And I know our parents would love to be here for the birth. So those are things that we realized that we might not get to do in, the, in a way that we had imagined. Now, the most important thing is just staying healthy and giving birth to this baby and taking care of her. That's kind of the only thing I just want to make sure that that's the the number one priority. And then I think we're going to plan to have a virtual baby shower, which will be really nice. And I look forward to, to doing that and celebrating virtually with family and friends. And I guess we'll see about, you know, whether or not our parents can visit us. It's, it's kind of unknown. I don't think anybody knows what's going to be, what's going to be like. And, three months, let alone next week. I, I do want to say that I think that this is one thing that makes me kind of wistful for the old days. <laughs> I really wish for Chelsea that like she could go out in public and get together with friends or family and everybody can kind of like, oh, look at, look at you, you know, look at, look at your belly, you're getting so big, you know, and we can do that with video or a photograph, send people and, and that's great. But, I, you know, I, I want for Chelsea to like have that experience where, as that pregnant lady, she gets everybody kind of, you know, gets to celebrate that. I personally wish that was happening. I want to <laughs> touch that belly. <laughs> I wish you could. <laughs> it sounds like from what you said about the birth plan that you're still taking a wait and see approach to, you know, hold on to some hope that potentially the parents could be a little bit more active part of the birth. Is that the case? Or have you made any decisions around that? I think, you know, safety is really important for us. So I think we are tending to not expect that our parents could be part of it, but I really hope that they might be able to. My parents have been making up all kinds of plans about how they'll get tested and then they'll like wait two weeks just to be sure. And then they'll drive up from LA to Oakland without stopping and all these ways to try and guarantee that they could be safe to be with us. So I don't know, maybe it it could happen, but I think that we're just trying not to, expect that it can and then be let down if it can't. But I really would love to have support from our our families. That would be so wonderful. And I want them to be able to meet our baby girl, you know, as soon as possible, rather than waiting for, we don't know how long to be able to see her. My parents in Ohio, I've talked with my parents about this. It's going to be tougher because they really have to fly to get out here. And that adds a whole nother level of risk that, I know they don't want to expose to the baby. And I know it's killed my mom because she's so excited. I hope that we can have our support group, whether they're with us physically or I know we'll still have their support no matter what. My in-laws live on the East Coast and we've been talking about how we'll visit them in the future. And one of the things we've discussed is if either my husband and I or they fly across the country, that we may have to do like a two-week rental where we live separately do our separate quarantines before we can see each other, which Mm -hmm. is logistically and financially a pretty big burden. 
we've kind of talked about, we don't know the next time we're going to see our in-laws and that's a scary, weird place to be in. So it is. Yeah. I empathize. I think we've always taken for granted that, you know, even though like our country's a little large, we could live on opposite sides of the, the country and still relatively easily visit family and friends. It just makes us kind of reconsider that. Yeah. So I wanted to jump to two questions that we like to ask everyone that we speak with because our podcast is called Our Bodies, Our Voices. Joanna and I love to chat with folks and ask two questions. The first is, what is one thing that you've learned about your body through this process of starting to build a family? Mm. Ooh, my goodness. I've learned so much about my body. It is just like incredible that it can do this. We kind of talked about how when we found out that we that we were pregnant, um, how shocked we were. And I'm just like every day just shocked that my body can like create a human. Like I just didn't think my body was capable of that. And that, so that's why I doubted it was true. I was like, my body can't do that. My body is like, you know, not, not that capable. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just shocked by, by what my body's doing in here and to see my belly continue to grow and with like, with like size that I never thought was possible and knowing that's going to keep growing and that it can hold this baby inside and not explode. I don't know. It's just amazing that it, that it can do this. It's hard to pinpoint one thing. It's just kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think that I've learned a lot about the female body, about Chelsea's body, about the amazing, like human pregnancy is pretty mind blowing to like feel the baby in there and, just think about like what the baby's experiencing right now. It's just incredible. I don't know that I've, ex- I've learned that much about my body, but you know, it's, it's just kind of the amazing contrast between what Chelsea's body can do. And I don't think my body can do this. <laughs> I think we know we can. Yeah. <laughs> the last question that we like to ask everyone is what's one way that you're using your voice during this time? I think that one way I've been using my voice is to try to protect my baby my baby's health and my health right before we went on shelter in place in the Bay area. And we started to know that there was community spread. I was really concerned because like, again, my number one priority, once I kind of realized this was a serious threat was that I just want to be healthy so that I can give birth to this baby. It's like the most important thing. So I talked to my boss and I talked to my HR about how I I needed to start working from home in order to ensure my safety and specifically because I'm pregnant because it's the safety of my, of my unborn child. And I don't think I would typically speak up to make an exception for myself, you know, at, at my job like that. But I, I did, I did, I, I spoke up and wanted to make sure that I was taking responsibility for my safety and my baby's safety when, you know, maybe the government hadn't quite figured out how to respond to this and my office hadn't quite figured out how to respond. I just wanted to make sure that I was standing up for my health and my baby safety to be able to work from home. And my my company thankfully allowed me to do that. And then literally less than a week after the whole um, Bay Area went into shelter in place mode. So I was just a little bit ahead of of everyone else. I would say that probably the way that I'm using my voice right now is to be supportive and try to be positive and to try to 
you know, focus on all the the things that we have to, to be thankful for and to be to have gratitude right now because we are really fortunate and and uh, yeah, to you know just really enjoy this time and to support Chelsea. Well, I have a lot of gratitude for you both sharing your story and your journey with us. It has been amazing to watch your growth as a couple, not only, but also as your family grows from afar. I wish I could be a little bit closer to you. I know. (laughs) And we are, we're rooting um, for a smooth and less eventful third trimester in compared to comparison to the first and second. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting. We really appreciate you sharing your story and I wish you all the best in these next few months. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely to chat with you guys too. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Bodies, Our Voices podcast with Chelsea and Eric. They provided great insights into the fears and hesitations many couples have before having a child, as well as helpful reflections as they neared their due date. To hear more episodes or to get in touch, visit ourbodiesourvoices.com. Catch you later.